Today we have Amanda Crean of Amanda Crean Photography with us and she is chatting all about how to have a luxury experience for your client. Amanda is an amazing hybrid photographer based in Napa, California, not too far from us, and has just served a wide variety of clients of all market rates and tiers after living all over the world, but has really honed down her business into serving that luxury client and luxury niche, and we can't wait to hear all of her advice. You're listening to Dare to Develop, a podcast for creatives. I'm Christine Herman. And I'm Ashley Baumgartner. And we are two hybrid wedding photographers that dub ourselves work wives. With a passion for developing community and daring to take risks in business and art, we want to bring you along on a journey. The journey of artists, makers, business professionals, and more who want to level up their businesses by daring greatly and developing community. So let's get started. Today on Dare to Develop, we're so excited to have Amanda Crean with us. Yes, we can't wait to hear from Amanda all about developing a luxury experience for your clients. Thanks so much for being with us today, Amanda. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Amanda, we'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about you. Okay, so let's see. I have been, I think this is my 14th year in business. Amazing. So... I don't know if that dates me at all. (laughs) I've seen so many trends come and go. I live in Napa, California. That's purpose-built. I didn't have any reason to move here other than I I feel like my target clients and all the beautiful things that I love, things that I want to get more of are here. But I'm from the Midwest, so I'm from uh, Indiana originally, and then kind of branched out to Chicago, and then... I did pretty okay for myself there and then decided at the peak just to upend it all and move to Ireland. (laughs) I lived there for six years and then I had to start over again and then I finally did well and then I decided I wanted to ruin my business again. (laughs) And so that's where I've been here for the last few years in California. What else? I don't know. So I shoot a mix of film and digital and I think that's about the longest short of that. I don't know. Yeah, no, we love it. Well, let's go ahead and just dive right in into developing a luxury experience for clients. So can you tell us a little bit about your photography business and what that looks like today and the markets you serve? Yeah, so it's not to overuse the word develop, but it has developed <laughs> into what it is today over like a long study of what I feel is my ideal client. And I feel so not to like get totally off track, but you ever have those moments that really, everyone has those moments where it really shapes you. Um, But when I was, I don't know, second grade, there was like a Martin Luther King quote or something, street sweeper, the poem, maybe it's a story. I can't even like, maybe I should know this better if it's, (laughs) (laughs) but it it was something along the the lines of if I'm going to be a street sweeper I want to be the best street sweeper there could be and I don't know why because that doesn't seem so poignant right now but I took that with me and I just wanted to I wanted to try to do the best at everything that I could possibly do and I tried to take that into my photography and I wanted to serve the highest the best the biggest budgets and then I had a come to Jesus moment a few years back I felt like I was serving like a a mid-tier to get back into yet another market. And 
I was goal driven about like the number that I was getting paid and it's still to, to a great extent, like a big push because I want to live well. I want to provide for my family and things like that, but I want people that resonate with me. And I just feel like the surroundings that I'm in, like a lot of my clients are destination couples who come here for a certain aesthetic, a certain kind of not only beautiful photography, but like, how do I make them feel on wedding day? How is my service? It just goes so much more above and beyond having a high price tag and outputting like expensive albums and stuff. Mm -hmm. I can elaborate more on that, but yeah, there's a lot of different tangents and different ethos that come along with, for me at least, serving the luxury market. And I know there's a few different points we could touch <laughs> into that, but you ask me what. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. So, so how does your business differ from when you started and how you handled your clients to now? So there's a few things in the beginning. I was trying to reinvent myself so much. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really detrimental because what I've learned now is that consistency. And I know we hear it so much, but people, if they see if they see something on my side or my Instagram and they resonate with it, they probably want that for themselves at some level. So while I always have this mantra of like, don't come with me, come, don't come to me for Instagram or Instagram. Don't come to me for Pinterest pins. Let's be the Pinterest pin. I don't want to recreate um, the wheel every single time. I want to can, I want to consistently deliver what people have seen. Consistency is one thing, but one thing like midway through my career, I learned is how do I make people feel? And the experience is so much a part of it in addition to like what they receive at the end, right? Because while that's like, goes without saying, it must be an absolutely beautiful end product. Like how organized are you? How prepared are you? How confident are you to go to plan F if needed And I feel like the true ring of a professional in our industry is, which I think wedding photographers in general are so often, at least good ones are so looked over and so not respected when they should be, because at least a true professional and someone who serves in a more luxury tier should be able to deliver those results, no matter the situation. And that's really difficult. So if you're given like a studio situation, not many things are going to change, but we're still needed to deliver beautiful, relatively perfect results. (laughs) And yeah, I think just, this is a boring answer, but time has given me so much time and confidence in a way. Like, I think one of my strengths is making people, my clients feel really comfortable. That hasn't changed very much, but the way and the, the depth in which I can show them how they can just trust me, they can relax, they can just go about the day knowing that I, that I have their back and I have their best interest at heart. And then I've gotten a lot better about like delivery times and boring things like that, but really those fine tuning things have really made a big difference. And it's not getting any accolades or anything like that. It's just, it's really the human experience and the human element that has been the biggest, I think, resonance with my clients and how, if they feel like I can identify with them, they trust me and more than like the car I drive or the USB that I give or 
So to me, I think if I feel like I understand their language, that has been a big driver. And it took a while to attend these crazy lavish parties or these undercurrent trends that you wouldn't otherwise know of if you're not in it. And it just takes time and to understand that and how they want to be treated. And yeah, so that has changed a lot. For sure. So how has your client experience upgraded? I know you mentioned like turnaround times and, and things like that, but how else have you upgraded your client experience as you moved into that truly luxury market? It's a lot more subtle than I feel. One thing I think it's a mindset. Like I probably deliver maybe a better product. Like I've upgraded every single thing that I deliver, but it's all in the context of under promising so much and just over delivering so much. I, in the beginning, I worried that like, if I don't put a box of prints in the beginning, that they're not going to hire me or they're not going to think they're going to get very much. But I feel like the delight and support, prize at the end or just checking in. Here's a good example of how it's not a tangible item, but one way that I feel I give so much of myself that I wouldn't have before is just like an engagement session. So the way I would have structured it before is, Hey, let's pick a spot. You tell me where two hours we will make it look beautiful. I'll tell you the time and, and I'll direct you and it's going to be great for the day. But now I have this like, it's probably far too long at this point, but like seven paragraph guide in addition with like an entire list of style and elements. And then I will pull in an actual stylist and I will pay for it mm-hmm. because I want complete control. I want to yeah. learn more about them. I have a questionnaire about everything. And, and sometimes I don't get to do those questionnaires because a planner might intervene or mm-hmm. they might, she, she, or he might fill it out for me, but just the level of preparedness is so much more in depth, so much higher. And just like bringing other key players on board and really taking it seriously as if um, it's a commercial shoot. So I've like shot for La Perla before and some bits for anthropology. And I just wanted to bring that level of professionalism into what I feel people expect. I want them to fully embrace and trust everything I do. And I want every single thing that I put out to be at a certain level. And I think if I don't control that, I might not get it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to take the identity away from my client, if that makes sense, but I want to like bring out the best of them. And it just takes so much more than just me. I need so much more communication. I need so much more planning. I need like to talk to them. It's not just a show up shoot. It's, you know, like where in the U S are we going to travel for the engagement session or just bringing up ideas because even say wealthy clients, they might just de facto go back to like, oh, well, down the street looks pretty. I'm like, did you know that we could go? Have you ever thought of? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm lucky. Yeah. Because they have the means. It's just, they haven't thought of it because I think they, at least in the luxury sector, they want to trust the professional. And if I'm not providing the information, who else will, because it's not their job. You know, right. Like they see your pretty images. They just, they don't see what they don't know why or how. So educating them and telling them is part of the job that you're giving them. So I think that's great. Yeah, exactly. It's not that simplicity can't be beautiful because I I want to make the experience simple in a way that it's, it's not bothering their day-to-day lives and I'm not a nuisance and it's as easy and enjoyable as possible, but like my backend is not simple to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of team players. 
that it didn't used to before. Mm -hmm. yeah. Love that. So when it comes to the wedding day, what are some things you do to prep, to talk even with the planners day of, if something were to go wrong, things like that? See, I tell each planner that I'm working with that they know in my mind that they are also my client. So with that in mind, I ask a thousand questions of how can I best serve? How can I best serve a couple? How can I best serve you? A lot of it is time management. I like, if there was a type A personality, I think I'm like a type A triple plus <laughs> so that I can be so detail and task oriented beforehand with tons of meeting, tons of prep call. I really don't feel the need many times. This feels slightly controversial to say to go and scout beforehand because I feel I'm quick on, on my feet. I can see it either. It's going to work or not. And sometimes I think people don't understand that like in March at two is not going to look the same in six months. And I don't need to have a walkthrough. So <laughs> we can all identify like, no, I don't. Especially in Napa, you're like, March is going to look a lot different. I just ask a lot of questions and I'm, I'm pretty forward in saying, I don't think X, Y, Z is going to work. Do you have realistic expectations or pushing and prodding and asking, what do you really want? Just be candid with me. I am on your side. What do you think they want? How do we, how are we going to facilitate this? Sometimes just because I feel like if I'm putting a premium price tag to my name, I'm going to have to go over and beyond. And I don't feel like this is me being taken advantage of because I'm choosing to maybe spend my extra time shooting another portion of the day, maybe beforehand. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm choosing to do that because the, the payoff is so much greater that I can focus to do real moments, for example, wedding day, and I can do an entire table set up for it's again, just asking planners who, or any of these vendors that were collaborating or working with on a wedding day. Hey, did you know that I'd be willing to do that so that my work day is so much easier on wedding day, or it just being a lot more vocal than I used to be kind way in a very helpful way. Yeah. Just a lot of communication and just a lot of follow-up as many details as I can get. I mean, I would go as far as to like almost laminating our, <laughs> our wedding day timelines and giving them to my entire team. I on a typical, not like this year, but a typical wedding, I would minimum ideally have myself a second an assistant for myself, an assistant for my second, and then say on a few special weddings or just like a high guest count, I would have definitely like a digital tech online to be calling things, say something's being pulled. Like for a few years back, we had like a feature for people magazine and I'll have someone on site. We just, I'm not capable of doing all that. And, mm -hmm. and so I try to have the same consistent team on hand, as many hands as I can have without being <laughs> intrusive as as best as possible. Yes. Love that. And I love that you explained that you're going above and beyond, but the payoff is great for you too, right? It's not just above and beyond for your clients, but it makes for a better experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't end up feeling jaded. I know the worth that I'm giving and receiving back. Yes. 
Hey, Dare to Developers, are you a photographer or industry vendor that's looking to upgrade your flat lays on a wedding day or for an editorial? I am launching a mini course and a full course soon on the fundamentals of flat lays. For more information, visit my website at ashbaumgartner.com education and stay tuned for the launch this spring. So what tips do you have for our listeners who are like, dang, I really need to upgrade my client experience and be on it. Like, where should I start? What should I look at improving on first? Well, in terms of client client experience. So in the beginning, I was a little bit of a stalker creeper. (laughs) I I didn't know what was going to be good as like a good, well-rounded gift for everyone or what I should do. And I don't have the time to do this now, but say you're not booking as many weddings as you would hope, and you do have more time on your hands, I would literally, (laughs) I would Facebook stock or Instagram stock my clients and see what they're into. And I would literally just go to gift shops or not gift shops. I would go and buy and make these curated big boxes. And, And they just, and I know some people do that now, but I just try to pay attention as much as possible. It has worked so well that I've become good friends with all the people that I stalked. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I know everything about you. We're good. I know everything. I know your sign. (laughs) Here's your horoscope for next week. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I just think attention to detail and making someone, here's another thing that resonated with me that stuck forever is you will never remember what someone says to you, but you will always remember how they made you feel. Mm-hmm. And I think that pulls true in so many things. And I just want people to feel really taken care of. The only workshop that I ever did was Jose's workshop, maybe like 10 years ago. And I think that was the catalyst for me to change my, my, my uh, mentality about like, wow, oh, okay, that what that's what it feels like to feel taken care of. Just surprise and delight all the time. And And I tried to bring that through every, I think I talked about consistency, but like every touch point is a marketing branding moment. So like they, everything they see you do, everything you deliver wants to, you want it to feel very consistent, very put together. Like it's a part of you and trust. I think that's what it builds. And the more trust you can build with someone, the more you can command in terms of money. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I know you talked a little bit about make how you make your clients feel on the wedding Mm -hmm. day what are some things that you focus on to make sure that they you're getting the photos but also they're having a great time and not being overwhelmed by them so approach and how I know my team knows how to like how to this sounds terrible but how to behave on a wedding day is an art that is so lost I feel (laughs) just the level of appropriateness on when to interject, when to step back, when to have a friendly smile, reading the room, like those are assets that are so valuable and just like emotional intelligence. I think it goes back again, just to the boring planning process beforehand. And if I'm going off of the planner who knows so much more about the couple than me, I'm going to have to trust that they are telling me the groom with so many instances that it's like going to be over it in 10 minutes. <laughs> so if I can feel, for example, that he's trying to be polite, but he doesn't want to be in it. I'm going to literally say to them, like, I'm going to go, I know you want to go 
have fun with your friends and I'm going to facilitate that as best as I can. So we're just going to do this as quickly as possible. I'm going to make it as enjoyable as possible. It's not about the photos. It's about your wedding. So let's just like literally saying it out loud. And he goes, Oh, you get me. I can understand it. Like I understand you. And to me that, that seems like common sense, but maybe it wouldn't have for me 10 years ago. So that's the only reason I say it out loud. And I feel like all of my team gets it too. Like we, we are on the same page. We all get it. We all understand it. This is so stupid, but smiling. Do you know how much I used to have RBF hard? That <laughs> matters though. With like a group of bridesmaids or a group of grooms. Yeah. Yeah. So like not so much groomsmen, but man, I was like, why do bridesmaids not like me? <laughs> And I was like, Amanda, you need to smile. You look so mean. <laughs> Concentrating. Right? But, but just, yeah, I know. Like, I wish I could give you guys more concrete examples of like, well, I give this out, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, those are great because those are great because they're little things that while they seem little, it takes years of practice mm-hmm. to know your craft so well that you can take a great photo and think about smiling and saying those things at the same time versus yeah. A lot of us get so quiet because we want to make sure our settings are right. Make sure it's focused. And then our clients are like, this is not fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That to me is paramount, the experience, because I really feel the emotion is going to pull through no matter how hard you try to pose someone, they're always going to remember it. Mm -hmm. They're going to remember like, well, that was beautiful light. And my hand was like perfectly placed there, but yeah. I was pissed at you. Right then. <laughs> I just wanted a cocktail. <laughs> I know. I mean, there's generally like a good time to push if it's important to the bride or you have to, again, read the room. But one of, I, what is it? Dale Carnegie, win friends. And mm-hmm. I don't and know. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I've invested a lot of time into like podcasts and, and books and things like that. Like emotional intelligence is so important. And I think I have time on my side where I don't have to think about like settings or what I want because it becomes second hand. And so I'm able to just think about the experience more, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Definitely. So you've talked about surprise and delight and under promise over deliver from the client side, but how can our listeners do that on the planner side too, since the planners are our clients as well? So I know there is one planner here who, I mean, there are so many things that she does well. One example, can I just give a story? Is that okay? Yeah, of course. <clears throat> so she came from a, a more corporate setting background and, and she's working her way more into like the design things, which takes time, but for like the client experience, she can not be matched so far, <laughs> but so I think they were getting ready at one of the, one of the venues here in Napa. And the mom said, I can't see my full self in the mirror. And this is just such a big problem. <laughs> okay. That's such a big problem. And without batting an eye, she had someone near restoration hardware on the ground, go and buy a mirror that was full length. And she brought it without hesitation, without asking if it was okay. And she just brought it and didn't ask any questions. It's just delivering without asking me, I don't know what we would label that as anticipating needs is so key. Just being prepared. I think she does a fair amount of stock and research as well (laughs) because it's such an intimate 
personal experience wedding, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So like cookie cutter does not cut it. Like you, you want to be known for things that you do well, and you want to be known for the experience that you give and the style that you, you put out. But at the same time, you need to curate that around the people that you're serving. And I think putting in, in items like, or at least setting aside a budget, just knowing that these things are inevitably going to happen. And just the reviews that she has and the things that she has said back to her about the things that she does, like the mirror, it's just that over and above element that really resonates and holds to people for such a long time. I don't, I wish I knew much more about like the back end process of a planner. I can only no, see what I witnessed. No, you're good. No. And, and what are some of the things that you do to surprise mm-hmm. and delight or under promise over deliver in your work with planners, like bef- while you're getting to know them and working with them on a wedding day? Well, I do feel, I mean, maybe more now because it, it's such a, it, it wasn't like this five years ago, but it's a more prevalent concept that like we are so intertwined and we need to serve the vendors that we work with and be a team or you're not going to get referred back. But (laughs) I try to really drive it home that I'm here to serve you and that I have this job over here, but I'm totally dedicated to whatever is also going to further your business and make your life easier and literally say those things out loud. I don't believe in like asking to take someone to coffee or doing things like that. All they want, to be honest, is their life made easier and to get more jobs because of what they've produced, right? And so like in the end, that's all they really want. (laughs) And so if I can do that, then I feel like I've done a a job. I've had a job well done. If I can get them more work and make their life as easy as possible, and if not fun, then then that's all that needs to happen. Because in the end, after that, I'm probably going to be friends with them anyway. And then I can right. give them drinks and give them gifts and things yeah. like that. Awkward. You have to have a certain element of like trust built. And I just feel like it could seem a little presumptive or slightly fake if you're just sending gifts. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of big planners get those things anyway, where really what matters is not the gifts or the coffee they received. It's yeah, <laughs> like all of that. Yep. Love it. Love it. So I'm talking a little bit about being prepared on a wedding day. How has being a more well-rounded photographer helped create a better client experience? Like with how you've learned about lighting, we know that you're queen at that, things like that. I think it takes away the stress from me so that I can focus on a lot of other elements like plan B, plan C, plan D asking the right questions, anticipating needs. So looking back over your career, or you can even say your most recent location career, if you want, how do you feel like you've grown and what would you wish you had known sooner if you could tell yourself something? (laughs) Oh, that's good. I would say don't move. I would say stop worrying about like trends and trying to be cool. There's so many things I mean by that, like duplicating. I guess you have to start somewhere in the beginning. Like you have to, no one just knows unless, I don't know, maybe there are some really cool people that just know their style because I feel it's still evolving. (laughs) I'm like, what mood, what am I editing to the office or like Benjamin Button because it's a little bit different. But I feel like, I don't know, just, I listen to myself so much more now and I 
and I hear other people say this and I think it's easy to hear it and it, it goes one ear out the other. And then when you find it true for yourself, you're like, oh yeah, that was true. But like, just not looking at a million other photographers, but like looking at things that inspire you, like cinema or fashion or things like that, that has helped me so much. And, and I don't compare myself a thousand times to other photographers. I think I would have told myself it's still going to be okay. Like I doubted myself so much in the beginning. I was trying so hard to do a million different hats and I should have just let go of some of those things. Like I think as wedding photographers, we act like we should be brilliant at a thousand different things when I think we should just outsource all the things that we're not good at and focus on the things that we are good at because I would have been a lot less tardy in timelines and pissing clients off for being late to things and, or just like consistency in editing where I could have outsourced that or just so many things run your business like a business. Don't be like a, a weekend warrior in the sense that you're just trying to do everything. If you're trying to make this a full-time bountiful, healthy career where you're having tons of <laughs> ideal clients and things like that, you can't spread yourself so thin. And I think for like a good first half of my career, I did. And then I burnt out really hard, mm. which I see a lot of people do. Yes. It, it definitely is easy to do in this industry if you go. Mm full force, but don't necessarily know what direction you completely want to take. <laughs> That's really hard. I mean, there is an element of like trying to find yourself and how are you going to find yourself without digging and searching and talking to other people. And then at least for me, it's still hard to not compare myself to a thousand other new photographers who I'm like, wow, it's like you go on TikTok and you see <laughs> you see these people, the millennials, at least I'm an old millennial. They're like, in middle school, this is what I look like. And they have like a scrunchie on top of their head and they're dancing and they see like middle schoolers now and they're like so suave. Right. <laughs> I feel like about the new photographers now. And I'm like, why are they so good? This is so unfair. Right. <laughs> so even I, even I at this like juncture of 14 years later, still compare myself, but I really try not to. Love that. So what tips do you have for listeners looking to attract a more luxury client? Branding is so everything. I feel you need to be, first of all, who, who is your client? Like I would give your actual ideal client a name, like name it Jamie. And what does Jamie do on the weekends? And does she ski or what does she buy? And ask yourself, are you really able to understand that luxury market because if you're not you're just going to go in a circle of frustration and that's like that's the hard truth because there's a lot of people who just are in search for like I want to break the ceiling of like a $10,000 wedding or a $20,000 wedding or whatever their goal is but if you have not like I didn't grow up around that so it was a long hard road to understand and let all of the the nuances of people who are wealthy or, or whatever permeate my brain and to understand all of those like intricate social cues and things understand like would you feel comfortable in brush creek ranch like would you ever can like if you if someone gave you that much money what would you be doing with it for example don't place yourself in like real time because you'd be like i'm gonna pay off bills but <laughs> 
Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what this is what I do. <laughs> but like trying to put yourself there or understanding what they're looking for, like you you need to have an element of, of studying those crucial elements and and feeling really comfortable in that sector in that circle before you can speak to them because it's like a foreign language at least it was for me in the beginning and then that's when I go back to like branding and marketing like probably a, a gold lion with the scrolls and the gaudiness probably is like not <laughs> like that's like the 1980s version of luxury but it's the subtleties like the people who can really afford anything without batting an eye would never, they would probably wear sneakers and a t-shirt. Yes. And how do you identify them? Mm-hmm. How in the world would you, mm-hmm. and that's the point because it's not about outward, the outward appearance appearances. It's about their lifestyle and how they feel, how they live day to day, the convenience, the ease, getting what they want when they want very quickly and things like that, which don't immediately come to mind. In the beginning, I thought it was about like labels and, and about showing off. And I'm like, oh, that's very new. But that's, and that's definitely maybe something that to aspire to. Maybe that's totally fine. If somebody really values you and they want to throw that money at you and they really want to invest that there's no shame in that whatsoever. I'm not trying to say that, but like, I get a fair share of those clients as well, but I get some clients where I can never tell anyone who I worked for because of who they are. And those are the harder ones to discern, like, what is it that, that they want? And I still go in nervous, like, oh my God, I just like the pressure is so high. I don't want to screw this up. But I feel like at least now I kind of understand by sitting back and observing and trying to just explore the world and seeing who, what does Jamie want? What does Jamie do? So say that I would have, gotten lucky and landed just like the next tier up. And I'm like, wow, they want to spend that much money on me. That's amazing. And then I would have been like, first of all, why do they trust me without asking them outright? Because I'd be too embarrassed to ask them. <laughs> Who are their friends? Casually trying to figure out. Well, there's a little bit of that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Amanda, for bearing your soul and heart about the luxury market and just how you have worked your way so diligently up into it. It's been so wonderful mm-hmm. to learn all about that. So we'd love to go to a time of fast facts for our guests to get to know you a little bit more. So first question is, what do you shoot with? Oh, all medium format. So that means Fuji 50. Oh, wait, Fuji, what is it? GFX 50S and then contact 645. Wonderful. And what is your favorite post-wedding snack at the end of a long wedding day? (laughs) Oh my God. So I drink Coke, like it's my job on a wedding day, but afterwards, I don't know, chocolate, just like I want sugar and I want all the bad food, probably that and like McDonald's french fries. Yeah. <laughs> we stopped for fries a lot. Yes, so we understand. <laughs> when you're going to a wedding, do you have a type of music that gets you in the creative spirit or a pump-up jam? Yeah. This I think a lot of people would find surprising. And I don't know why, because I feel like, well, that's a, of course it's me, but like the dirtiest rap that you could <laughs> It kills you with energy, right? Like, yeah, exactly. It's really fun. I love it. And what is your favorite thing to do outside of photography? Cook. 
Ooh. Oh, what's your favorite thing to cook? Oh my God, anything. I feel like I'm a better baker than a cook and I don't want to be a better baker. I don't know why. <laughs> I, feel like I can pretty... bake, but I can't cook. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with baking, you have to like read directions and I feel like, okay, I'm good. And then with cooking, I don't know. I feel like I at least have to have an equivalent of, a, of an associate's degree in the amount of hours that I've had in front of the food network since like age <laughs> six. And then on Reddit, I, I subscribe to like chef it and ask culinary and all of these things. And I'm just obsessed, but I would never, ever ruin food for me by like getting a job in the culinary industry. <laughs> you say you're right down the road. I know. It. It's true. <laughs> I know. So what is the best education that you've learned from? I feel like I'm a real fangirl of Jose and I don't mean to be, but he really embarks like a lot of gems to me when I did his workshop. And I know he doesn't do them anymore and all of that. But I think the reason that was so big is all in that one trip, I learned that number one, I was doing the right thing. So that gave me a lot of confidence. Number two, it showed me what luxury meant by giving the experience that he gave. Mm -hmm. And number three, I asked, because I lived in Ireland at the time I flew from Ireland to Mexico when I took the workshop. And I was like, I think I'm going to move to California. I think it would be the right business move. And he was like, yeah, move to Northern California. Don't move to Southern California. Just do it. And I just literally, that's why I did it. That's why I live here. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Right? So I, yeah, no, but really, like I do owe a lot of thanks to him. And like, he's been so kind and so helpful. I just feel like, yeah, everyone does love him, but probably for a reason. So I mean, and it was just, it was a big, it was a big helpful thing for me. Yes. Oh, 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 I, I have to say, I would not know lighting if I didn't know John or not John Dolan, which is also amazing, but Zach Arias. Do you either know who that is? It sounds really familiar. I wonder, yeah. Sounds I don't familiar. know. I haven't stalked you girls enough to know how long you've been shooting weddings. <laughs> but I would say maybe 10 years ago, he hosted the One Light Workshop and he's who I can thank for knowing all of my janky lighting tricks <laughs> Patrick about lighting I don't know if he yeah. brought him up or not but that would be the only person yeah yeah but I helped host his workshop and then I was like wow you're a genius this is amazing I didn't know you could do all this and then I just added my own kind of flair onto it and so wonderful. it has to be like a runner-up at least yes <laughs> well I know you talked about a few just talking about Jose, but what is one daring leap you've taken in your business? One daring leap. Oh, okay. I talked this, I talked about this at hybrid, maybe a year or two back in my class, but I realized that I was, when I moved back, I think I touched on this when I was talking to you, that I was in the middle market. And I think that's the hardest place to be because there's the bulk of everyone and I can get into like what middle market means, but that's a whole nother thing. But let's just assume that a lot of people are there. How do you stand out, et cetera. And I was having a really rough time. And I'm like, you know what? I've been doing this for way too long. I feel like I, I have so much experience. I'm, I'm pretty good at what I do, right? <laughs> and I, I feel like, what's the problem? Because I, I just wasn't getting what I wanted. And I was like, oh, people don't respect me because they look at the price that I'm charging. And they think that, I'm, there must be something wrong with me if I'm only charging $6,000. So you know what? Let's put it to 11 just for fun. And yeah. that is what I did. That's the only difference that I did. And I put it to 11 and I was like, 
peace. And that's the only honest to God truth. That's the only thing I changed at the beginning. That's amazing. Cause that I, very late. <laughs> yeah. And, and it worked and I, I didn't see any dip at all in bookings. And I was like that, I really feel that was the only thing that was holding me back was the perception of my value. It's one thing you feel like you're great at in your business. Making people feel comfortable reading the room again. I think it's, I I don't think like, (laughs) I shouldn't say this, but like, I'm a good photographer. I'm not like the best ever, but I think making choices based upon emotional intelligence, like that, facet of my brain, those like interpersonal relationship decisions make me do better. If that makes sense. I think for sure, without a doubt, that is my biggest strength is reading the room and reading people. So important on a wedding day with all those emotions. Yeah. So, so where can our listeners find you online? Google Amanda Crean and nobody, I get my name pronounced Crean, Crane, but it's C-R-E-A-N not like cream, creamer, but yeah. cream, just Amanda cream. And then you'll find me. Awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. So do you have any special announcements or offers for our listeners? Yeah. I want to collaborate with you guys and give a discount for the lighting templates. And I need to expand if nobody is familiar with what I'm talking about. So I feel like I was going to host an online or not an online an in-person workshop but then last year happened and so I was going to make these as an addendum but it got switched around so this comes first now and essentially I have so many examples of lighting situations that I elevated or made possible through off-camera lighting where if I didn't it would just have been ruined or just wouldn't have happened so I feel like we all run into these very common situations and like a ballroom or needing to add light to like a bride getting ready or whatever. But I've tried to make it a very specific scenario so that you can go, Oh, I'm there too. I have no idea what I should do. So it's a little bit of plug and play. It's so they're PDFs of the clearest information that I can possibly make (laughs) for a very difficult and intricate complex topic, right? Lighting is something that I feel everyone wants to be able to understand and implement, but they don't know where to start or they don't know like all the ratios and the uh, fractions of lighting and how this reflects off that. And so while I'm definitely gonna teach that for more like right brain creatives, if that makes sense, which I am, I'm definitely, so there's Patrick who's so brilliant and he's one of my really good friends but I can't think like him at all. <laughs> we, we definitely, our brains were spinning a little bit at one of his uh, presentations. <laughs> He's math, math, math. so good at what he does. I just call him for the stock market. I'm like, oh my God, your IQ is off the charge for this. <laughs> but like, um, just like had so much trial and error of like living in Ireland, literally put in caves and with no light just like it never is sunny and I just still need it to work. And so I've had so much time of crappy lighting situations to try to fix. And so I'm just trying to make it as easy as possible, at least for those templates, for people to just find what situation they're in, study it maybe beforehand or maybe on day of a wedding and be able to to use them. So I'm going to, anyway, circle back, use dare to develop as the promo code. 
Awesome. And we'll include uh, a link to that and some more notes in the show notes for our listeners. Cool. And so before we take off, what is one thing you want to dare our listeners to do after they hear your episode today? This one is from Laura Murray. And she challenged me to do this. I want people to be daring enough to get a lot more no's on a daily Hmm. basis. And what I mean by that is be afraid of, or don't be afraid of rejection. So I have tried to push myself to put myself in situations where I'm going to get a lot of no's, a lot of rejection and just be totally okay with it because you never know where the accidentally, not accidental, you never know where the occasional yes will come, Right. how that can change your life. I love that. Yes. That's definitely something we will take to heart and I'll hope all of our listeners do too. Yes. Good. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here with us. We loved it. And you guys are the best. Thank you. Awesome. Amanda shared so many great nuggets of information about how to serve the luxury market from serving both luxury clients, as well as the team, including planners and coordinators on the wedding day. I think it's super important, like she said, to grow your emotional intelligence so you're aware on the wedding day so your clients can have the best experience. Yes. And Amanda took so many daring leaps in her business to ultimately get to where she is today, (laughs) serving the luxury market. And we love that she shared a dare from her friend, Laura Murray, who's also been on dare to develop, um, about putting yourself in opportunity in situations that result in a lot of no's because you never know when that yes might show up. Catch us next time on dare to develop. Thanks so much for joining us today on dare to develop. We'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review if you love today's episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at daretodevelopodcast.com and follow along on IG at daretodevelop. Catch us next week for more fun as we hear from creatives who have dared greatly in their businesses and develop community along the way.